Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome back to a fresh episode of The Wake Up Call. Today is episode number 90, and it's actually really a bit surreal to think how far this show has come over the last you know, 10 months or so since I first launched it. After the coronavirus pandemic sort of kicked off uh, in 2020, but uh, it's been a, a really great journey and it kind of gets me to think back about some of the information that I've passed on to you guys and a bit of the movement that we're creating here. And I'm very upfront with this uh, this show. It's not for everybody. Uh, I have a few choice words for you at times, a bit of uh, explicit language. But I don't apologize for that. That's just how I speak. This is who I am. And if you like it, awesome. Welcome. Join the ride. It's going to be fantastic. And if it's not your cup of tea, that's completely fine too. I understand the approach that I use, the message that I have. And the way that I communicate is not for everybody. So if you're still with me, you know, 90 episodes in, thank you. It's been absolutely amazing. Uh, But without further ado, let us get into episode number 90. One of the things that has always fascinated me with the human body is its ability to adapt, whether it be a positive adaptation, so you know you go forwards towards your goals, or a negative adaptation, where perhaps your body starts moving in ways that is actually detrimental to your goals. And this really comes down to the path of least resistance. So you may not realize this, but your body, is, it actually doesn't want to do hard things. It, it actually tries to avoid difficult situations wherever it can. Your body wants things to be as easy, as comfortable, convenient, and efficient as possible. This is because your body, as an organism, is all about preservation. This is why humans have become the dominant species in the world, on the planet. It's because we have a fantastic ability to preserve ourselves. What I mean by that is your body tries to conserve energy as much as possible. It wants to keep fat stores for a later date or a rainy day or, you know, back in the Paleolithic era is, you know, for a famine, for a long period of, you know, perhaps not being able to eat anything. And it always wants to try and find the easiest way to do something. And this is really paramount. You have to understand this. If your goal, if you want to build muscle, drop body fat, develop your fitness, you would be wise to avoid this trap of finding the easy way to do things. And this morning was a fantastic example of this. I had a had an amazing session, coaching session with a, with a client this morning. And it was during a landmine press. So I'm gonna explain what a landmine press is so you can kind of encapsulate, you can be like a fly on the wall, so to speak, and see what kind of went down. Now, a landmine press is a single arm push movement, okay? It is a hybrid between a vertical and horizontal press. Vertical press being a shoulder press, you're pressing a weight or a resistance overhead. Horizontal being pressing something against the line of your torso. Think of a push-up, dumbbell chest press, or a bench press. The landmine press is a hybrid, it's in between the two. So we're pressing on a diagonal, okay? 
So the landmine attachment, this is a little device where you insert a barbell into, which allows you to do angled or rotational exercises. All right, so that's what we were doing. You had a bar, and this person had the barbell, and I'm basically gonna, I'm going to coach you through the movement here. But this is how the exercise is performed. So most people, statistically speaking, are right-handed. So whenever we do a single arm or unilateral exercise, we do the non-dominant side first. So the left side is going to go first. You bend over, the bar's on the ground, you bend over, you pick it up, and you hold it in your left hand. So what you want to do in this position is line everything up with the attachment. The barbell holds the bar in place on an angle at about 45 degrees. So you're holding it with your left hand. You're going to get into an athletic stance. So it's like a quarter squat. Your feet are about shoulder width, thereabouts, and you get into a quarter squat. The hips, knees, and ankles bend a little bit, and you sit your bum back. You're holding onto the bar, which is just slightly in front of your shoulder. It's not resting on you, so you're actually having to hold it in position. From here, you press the bar up at a roughly 45 degree angle. So there's only one way it can go because the landmine is holding it and guiding it through space, okay? So anyway, you're pressing up at a 45 degree angle. In the finished position, you have a straight arm, your elbow is locked, and you have a reach. So it's not a fixed scapular position. What I mean by this is, if you think about throwing a tennis ball, your arm go, it's a full follow through motion. Your arm, it extends fully and your shoulder blade, your scapula protracts. It goes forward around the rib cage, okay? So when you are doing a left-sided press, you have this bar in your left hand. You press the bar up overhead. Your elbow is locked out. You have protracted your scapula. In that top position, your hips and your right shoulder should not be moving at all. I'm not doing a rotational press. I'm doing a landmine press. You are in an athletic stance, quarter squat. You are to hold this quarter squat while your left arm drives that bar up and you reach through the bar. You press and extend fully. The rolls of your hips, your torso, your trunk, and your right shoulder, their job is to resist movement. So that means they should not be moving at all. They are dead still. And here's the thing, your body doesn't like that because it's hard. Your body has to fight to actually stay still. It wants to twist, it wants to find an easy way to accomplish the task of pushing the bar up overhead. So you've got to think about this. Quarter squat, bar in your left hand, press through. The body just wants to twist, it wants to maybe come up on the toes, the hips want to twist, the, the back wants to arch, it wants to do all sorts of funky things to make it easier for you. It's trying to make your life easy. And the reason it wants to do these things is because when you are actually trying to resist that movement and hold yourself in a stable position, it is costing the body energy because you have to contract all of these other muscles, you have to brace the core, and you have to resist movement at several parts of your body. The body doesn't like it. The body puts up a protest. And this is where, when you perform certain strength lifting, uh, strength training exercises, you have to be very mindful of what you're doing. It's not just a matter of getting your reps, you know, five reps, I'll just do it as quickly as, as I can, no. 
If you're doing five reps, make them the best reps you've possibly got. Identify which are the moving parts of the body, so which areas should be moving, and which areas should not be moving. In the case of the landmine press, the left arm's the only thing doing the job. In terms of actual movement, everything else is working to hold its initial start position. Now there's three things I wanna cover off here, just specifically regarding the landmine press. And this will actually really help you with your training, whether it be unilateral, so single arm or single leg work, or bilateral, double arm. So we're working both sides at the same time. The first training principle that I'm gonna talk about here is what's called irradiation. Irradiation is known as squeeze energy. You are basically trying to steal energy or recruit neighborhood muscles to produce an extra output for the target area. So for example, you have this bar in your left hand. If you keep your right arm completely straight and then make a fist and squeeze as tight as possible, your fingers, your forearms, your grip, your biceps, your triceps, your lats, your shoulders are all going to tense up. That energy will be transferred across your body to help you complete your press. You are squeezing energy out of neighborhood muscles to enhance the contraction of the target muscle or muscles. The next principle we have is called feed forward tension. If you wanna write these down, feel free to do so. The first is irradiation. The next is feed forward tension. This is your ability to maximally contract your muscles with no weight. So you should, if you have good body awareness and good muscle control, you should have the capacity to fully contract a muscle at a given time. It's like flicking a switch on and off. It's like turning your lights on and off. You should have the ability to do that with the majority, if not all of your muscles within your body. So when we do that landmine press, the core has to be engaged. The glutes are actively working. Your feet, your arches are all engaged to hold you in a stable position. It's like bracing for a punch. If you know someone standing in front of you is about to deliver a punch at full force to your guts in five seconds, what do you do? You don't punch them in the face first. But imagine they have told you, hey, I'm gonna punch you in the belly in five seconds. You can't react, you can't move, you're just gonna stand there and take it. What do you do? You tense up, you brace. That is feed forward tension. You are maximally contracting and bracing to withstand an external force or resistance or load. And the third thing are the neural drivers. And I've talked about this before. The glutes, the abs, and the grip. Those three aspects of your body will, will give you such a large increase in strength if you learn how to use them correctly. So let's take, for example, I'll start with the land eye press. It's a little bit different to because the glutes aren't giving us as much of a contribution as possible because the knee, uh, the hips are bent, they are flexed. But when you're doing that landmine press, your abs are working extremely hard. Your core is working hard to resist a few things. Your back, you are trying to resist arching or extending. You are trying to resist rounding, also known as flexing. You are trying to resist side bending, also known as lateral flexion. And you are trying to resist twisting, or rotation. So you see, it's not just a matter of the left arm working, 
Yes, that is the target, but you're engaging all of these other areas to make sure that the left arm can do it correctly, safely, and get the most out of it. It's not about using the least amount of energy, it's actually about using the most amount of energy. But when you're doing that landmine press, your abs, your core is working tremendously hard, or at least it should be. And if we straighten out the free arm, so if you're in that quarter stance, you've got the bar in your left hand, if you reach your fingertips down to the floor as far as possible without side bending, you will notice your right lat lights up like a Christmas tree. Now, if you couple that with clenching of the fist and making a crush grip, so it's like you've got a ball in your hand, you're trying to squeeze the life out of it, you will find your strength levels go up and up and up. You are amplifying the level of muscle contractions. So, where does that leave you? What am I talking about? How is this gonna benefit you? When you are doing a compound exercise, so this is a multi-joint movement, an exercise which requires two or more muscle groups. You actually want to engage as many muscle groups as possible. You don't want to pick one or two muscle groups and say, hey guys, it's all on you. You want the body to work in unison. It is a unit. You want as many muscle groups to work together, all chipping in to lift the weight or complete the movement. Okay, it's not an isolation exercise. We're not saying, we're not singling one and one muscle group out and saying, hey, it's all on you, man. Good luck to you. We, we want everything to help. Okay, we have what are called synergist muscles. These are helper muscles, muscles that help the bigger ones. So if we take that landmine press, yes, we are working the deltoid, the shoulder, the front of the shoulder, and the triceps, 100%. But we're also working the grip, the torso, the trunk, the lats, the grip, if we do it correctly, and we use those other principles of, t uh, of training that I mentioned. Irradiation, feed forward tension, and those neural drivers. So when you start doing this, it's harder. It's much harder to do. This is good because what it means for you is you're going to get a higher level of mus muscular contractions. This equates to more strength. You have the capacity to contract your muscles to a higher level. I'm not saying 10% on, I'm saying, you know, let's get up to that 80, 90%, especially if you're doing uh, a really heavy weight for low reps. So high intensity with low volume. I hope that makes sense so far. But also, if you are using and engaging more muscle groups at the same time, you're getting a higher calorie expenditure. Your body is having to drum up more energy and feed it to these muscles to produce the muscular contractions. This is why I always harp on, stick to compounds. Don't prioritize your training in doing isolation exercises. One exercise, uh, one, one muscle group uses fewer, um, what's the word here? So we're recruiting fewer muscle groups. The load is generally lower and we're not gonna get as much out of it because it's not as hard, it's not as difficult. Tricep kickbacks, you're doing your three kilos, one muscle group's getting worked, it's getting taxed really hard, but what about the rest of the body? What about the other 98% of your body? So we actually want to load something up with these big compound movements. We want multiple muscle groups to work together and we want it to be challenging. We wanna make it as hard as possible 
in terms of the muscle groups that we're recruiting. There's a difference between movement efficiency, so that's doing something with the intended muscles and joints, versus energy efficiency, which is the path of least resistance. And I'm gonna explain what that is because it does require a bit of clarification. Just because you prefer to squat with your knees caving in and having your feet collapse, because it's easier, it doesn't mean that that's the, the right way to do it. Your body will pick the path of least resistance. It just wants to get from point A to point B as efficiently as possible, with the least amount of effort possible. But that does not mean that is the correct way to go about it. Let's look at that squat. If you squat, doesn't matter, I don't care what the squat variation is, could be a bodyweight squat, a goblet squat, a front squat, a zercher squat, a back squat, doesn't matter. If your knees collapse or cave inwards towards your midline and your feet collapse, it's because your body wants to pick the easy route. You do it that way because it is harder for you to create a stable arch at your foot it is harder for you to root the feet into the floor and grip the ground, and it is harder for you to abduct and externally rotate your hips by engaging your glutes. It's a much more difficult way to do it. In terms of energy consumption, you are using a lot more. You're recruiting more muscle groups. You're working them to a high degree, but it is more, it's more costly. Energy expenditure goes up. Muscle activity goes up. Chance of injury goes down. So if you're thinking, oh, this is really easy. This is great. I could do this all day. Have a look at your technique. Have a coach to look at your form and say, hey, why do you do it that way? It's not to pick holes or say it's right or wrong, but it's asking the question, why are you doing it that way? Because if you don't have a valid answer, that's a red flag that needs to be addressed. You should have a reason for doing a certain exercise using a certain technique. The path of least resistance does not mean that what you're doing is right. It just means that it's easy. It just means your body has found a more efficient way to do it by conserving energy at some part of your body, okay? This is why I encourage my students that I work with to make an exercise as difficult as possible. In terms of technique, not just making it harder for the sake of it, that's just ridiculous. But in terms of technique, I want them thinking highly about what they're doing and how they're moving. You have to be brutal with the inclusion and exclusion of muscle groups you are targeting. For example, if something which is moving that shouldn't be this needs to be corrected. And on the flip side, if something which isn't moving, that should be, again, you must correct it. So if you're doing a landmine press and your scapula is not moving, if your shoulder blade's staying glued, that's not, that's not as ideal of a press as having your shoulder blade which moves. That is the reach. That is the very finished part of the press. It's not to say the body is twisting, but it is saying your scapula, your shoulder blade is doing what its function, what it is designed to do, basically, okay? Every exercise has a spectrum of technique in terms of how well or how poorly it is being performed. Your goal is to move from the poorly 
executed movement to the amazingly executed movement. And you might be wondering, how long does that take? Well, this is, a, this is an interesting concept as well. I don't want you to think about it in terms of time. Does it take three weeks? Does it take three months? Does it take three years? I want you to think about it in terms of reps. Now, I want you to fill in the blank. Practice makes, most people would say perfect. Practice makes perfect. That's what the gurus would have you believe. That's what the motivational experts tell you. Keep practicing. Practice makes perfect. Well, if your practice is shithouse, if your practice is terrible and incorrect, well, no, it's not going to make perfect at all. It's going to make an absolutely terrible outcome. Perfect practice makes perfect. So you're better off doing, you know, sets of three or sets of two, or sets of one, you're better off doing one quality rep than 100 shit ones. Because your body remembers what it does most. So if you do 100 really poor reps, that's what it's going to remember. This is why, again, you must be extremely critical with your technique. Not in terms of telling yourself, oh, you know, you're a piece of shit, that was awful, you're a failure. No, that squat wasn't as good as it could be. I know I can screw my feet into the floor harder. I know I can push my knees out harder. I know I can open my hips further and create more space for me to sit into in my next set of squats. That's what I'm referring to. You try to move yourself up the spectrum. My technique was initially pretty ordinary and I'm okay with that. You know, I started off, oh shit. Not me as a person, but my technique for that exercise was shit. I went from shit to suck, suck to good, and I'm in the good bracket, but I'm working really hard to become great at this particular exercise. That is the goal. That is what you should be striving for. So don't make it easy on your body to do your exercises. Don't give it the easy option. Don't give it the easy route. Your body wants to do what is easiest, what conserves the most energy, but it's not always correct and it's not always to the advantage of your joints. I want you to make it hard. I want you to use the muscle groups and joints that the intended exercise is asking of you. If it's a squat, your feet should be rooted to the floor. Your knees should track your toes. You should open your hips and your hips should be below the knee crease. Now your hip crease should be below the knees, but you should have a neutral spine. These are the movement standards we're looking for. Once you identify them, it is your task to then try and adhere to them. Not just once off, not once a week, not once a year, every single rep. Can you do a better squat? Can you do a better push up? Can you do a better deadlift? If you ask yourself that question often enough, sincerely, the answer will be yes, I can do better. I can improve. So that's, that's the goal, that's what you're looking for. Take the path of most resistance. I mean, after all, you are doing resistance training. Am I right? Resistance training, by definition, is to overcome an external resistance or load. Make the technique as best as it can be. And here's the last thing. Heavy things won't lift themselves. The muscles you want to build are not going to build themselves. You have to do it. The extra weights you want to lift require you. 
your time, your effort, not just by brute force and muscling it up. It will always come back down to the level of your technique. Practice makes perfect is horseshit. Perfect practice makes perfect. Will you ever be perfect? I don't know. But can you be better? Absolutely. I 100% know that you can do better with your technique. And you know that too. So that's my advice for you. Work the technique, be extremely critical, and analyze how you are moving and why you are moving that way, and take the path of most resistance. It pays the best dividends. If you loved the Wake Up Call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.